بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله الحمد لله حمدا يوافي نعمه ويكافئ مزيده يا ربنا لك الحمد كما ينبغي لجلال وجهك وعظيم سلطانك أنت كما أثنيت على نفسك اللهم صل على سيدنا مولانا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا مولانا محمد وبارك وسلم أما بعد so خير إن شاء الله last time we were talking we had class about like I think three weeks ago right before Mufti Yusuf's part, we were talking about the sins of the stomach. But who remembers before that what were we, what, what we were discussing? Right? What types of sins were we discussing before that? Backbiting. Backbiting. Sins of the tongue. Sins of the tongue. Eyes. 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 Ears. Eyes. Ears. Basically everything. Alright, khair inshallah. So now, last time we discussed uh, a few things about the stomach, so we're just going to recap over that. So, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. He says, وَأَمَّا الْبَطَنْ As for the stomach, the, the sins of the stomach and, uh, and the sins that your stomach uh, can commit, right? The question comes to mind is, how can your stomach commit a sin? Right? How is that possible? Right? فَحْفَضْهُ عَنْ تَنَاوِلِ الْحَرَامِ وَالشُبْهَ Right? وَحْرِسْ عَلَى طَلَبِ الْحَلَالِ He says here, as for the stomach, Protected from uh, uh, from eating the forbidden, right? Anything that is haram, right? Was shubha or anything that is even doubtful, right? So uh, even though the hadith of Prophet it tells us that, right? Al halal ubayin wal haram ubayin, right? Halal is clear and haram is clear. mushtabihat. And between those, uh, there are affairs which are ambiguous. We don't know if uh, they're doubtful. We're not sure. Right, so we should try our best to stay away from even those things which may put us in doubt as well, right? For our own iman, what is the hadith I mentioned last time that talks about what happens to a person who even eats a morsel of haram food? Anybody remember? That's part of it. Forty days, right? That their dua and their salah are not accepted for forty days. If you eat a morsel of haram food, and imagine on a daily basis we see a sign. Right? On, uh, on some restaurant that says halal, that's it, bismillah. Right? And then, oh, my sheikh told me I can read bismillah, I read, no problem. No, that's not the case. Right? It's not the case. There are certain guidelines you have to follow in order to eat halal food and make sure we, we, you know, uh, we're eating halal food and staying away from haram. Right? And he says, فَإِذَا وَجَدْتَهُ once you have obtained, obtained what is lawful. So now, alhamdulillah, we have went out to seek it because the hadith of Prophet ﷺ mentions what? طَلَبُ كَسْبِ الْحَلَالِ فَرِيضَةٌ بَعْدَ الْفَرِيضَةٌ The seeking a halal sustenance, right, it is a farida, it is an obligation after an obligation. يعني, that when we already have an obligation of praying salah, giving zakah, fasting, hajj, all the different types of things, now we have to seek out our halal sustenance. Right? And do we know the reward? Does anybody know the reward of that person who seeks out halal sustenance? Yeah, the per- you get the same reward, if not more reward than that person who is going out to fight in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This person is risking his life to go fight in, in the sake of, uh, for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Right? Possibly dying or whatever, getting hurt. And this guy over here, he's just seeking out halal sustenance for his family. He just wants his family to eat halal food. Alright? So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala takes that into account and He gives you that reward. Because nowadays it's very, very difficult to find out and seek out a halal sustenance. Right? Everything has interest, everything has this, everything has that. Right? And we don't understand, it's very, very difficult. Right? So for us taking out our time, Alright, for us taking out that energy to go seek out the halal sustenance, Allah rewards us immensely. Right? So khayr inshaAllah. So he says, فَإِذَا وَجَدْتَهُ Now when you have found the lawful thing, you have sought it out and now you have found it. 
فاحرص على أن تقتصر على ما دون الشبع. Once you have attained what is lawful, try not to eat uh, to repletion. For indeed, he says, فإن الشبع يقصي القلب ويفسد الذهن. Once you have attained what is lawful, try not to eat. To re- what is repletion? Anybody know? To your full. Right? We should be eating one third of our stomach. Right? Eating one third. The water is for one third. So, Abdul Wahid knows too. Inshallah. So. He's saying here, why is it harmful for you to eat to your full? Right? What happens when somebody, when somebody eats to their full? They get so lazy. What's the first thing we want to do after we eat? Take a nap. Right? We don't understand how harmful that is to our body. Right? It such, has such a negative effect. I think it was, somebody was mentioning last time we went on that retreat, that if you eat or, or, or like sleep after you eat something, it's some, I forgot what negative effect it has on your body. It stays on you, right? For those people who are trying to get their gains up, you know. Saad, <laughs> you know how it is, man. <laughs> right? What's it called? Um, we're not supposed to sleep after we eat. That's why we should eat very, very less. The sunnah is teaching us this, right? The sunnah of the Prophet Wasallam is teaching us, don't eat too much. You know, it was, was narrated about Umar anhu. it's mentioned about him that he used to hate, he used to despise people that were overweight. He used to hate them. <laughs> Right? <laughs> now why? What's the reason, right? You're not supposed to hate another Muslim. He doesn't hate you, right? It's just the fact that because when somebody is at that certain, at, at that state, if they become so lazy in their ibadah, they're not able to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala properly, they just become so out of it, right? So this is exactly what Umar al-Dan who would dislike these kind of people, right? So we should be very, very careful when it comes to eating halal, and on top of that, make sure we eat less. And what else does it affect? Right? For indeed, say, uh, say, uh, say shiri, uh, uh, hardens, hardens the heart, ruins the intellect. Right? Ruins the intellect. And then he says here, hinders one's ability to memorize. Right? We all want to memorize the Quran, we all want to memorize different ahadith, memorize different, different surahs and everything. But if we're eating way too much, we're not going to be able to do that because our mind has become so lazy, it does not want to do any work at all. Biggest example of this, I'm a use for myself. When I have to lead taraweeh, ask any of the hafaz to lead. If we eat too much, bro, it gets so difficult to lead taraweeh. You're over here burping half the time, right? It's just, it's just like leaving your mind whatever you're trying to read. Right? All these different types of things happen when you are uh, leading the taraweeh, right? So I'm using my own example here as well as the other hafaz here that we should try our best to eat less, inshallah. And then he says here. What else does it do? It makes one uh, indolent in worship and seeking knowledge. Right? It makes, it makes you so lazy. It becomes, it says, it says What does that literally mean? It, 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 beca- it makes the a'da and the limbs heavy. Right? It just becomes so, like I said, super lazy. Right? If you tell somebody who just ate a lot from, to walk from here to there, they're like, oh, dang, bro. that's a hike. Right? That's a high, I can't do all that. I just ate so much, right? Who told you to eat so much, right? If any time somebody eats a lot, this is exactly what happens. You tell them to even move their arm, ah, oh, dude, I can't do that, right? Anything. So this is something that the Rasulullah Sallallahu is trying to warn us about. That look, if you want to truly gain closeness to Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, if you want to truly, truly gain the ma'rifah, which is our what, which is our purpose in life, right? To recognize Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, then leave out. Haram food and leave out eating to to your full, right? Or to your fill, because it's going to benefit you at the end of the day, right? It's not going to benefit anybody else. Khair, inshallah. And then he says, "Wa yuqawi shahawat." What else does it do? 
right? This one is, is very, very true, right? It says, it strengthens one's carnal appetites. What is it? But over here, that's how we translate. He's trying to translate it for us in a very nice and very, very kind manner. What does this actually mean? It strengthens your, your inner desires, right? It strengthens your inner desires. What does that mean? Your shahwat. It means that your nafs is now just, you know, I'm not going to say it, but you guys all know what I'm talking about, right? You guys all know exactly what I'm talking about. Right? I don't have to say it. But khayr, inshallah, it, it strengthens your shahwat to such an extent that your, your desires, you, you desire more things which are unlawful, which are against Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's commands, which are against the Rasulullah's teachings, right? This is what happens when you eat too much, right? So stay away from that. And then he says, وَيَنْصُرُ جُنُودَ shaytan. What else does it do? It gives assistance to the, to the soldiers of shaytan, because now their job has become easy, right? How are you giving assistance to the soldiers of shaytan? Because their job has become so easy, because now you just got to deal with this one dude who's just laying there, in such a lazy manner, you don't have to worry about him, right? We're doing half the job for the shayateen. You have nothing to worry about. It's just now, it's just, now it, it's become so easy for him to, to turn you away from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, right? And all these things, right? Remember I said before, shaitan and your nafs, they work together. They work together to turn you away from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We think shaitan is our biggest enemy, right? Everybody, and we know that. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us, إِنَّ الشَّيْطَانَ لِلْإِنسَانِ عَدُوٌ مُبِينَ Indeed, shaitan to the insan, to the humankind, is a clear enemy. But that nafs, our carnal desires, right? That is our biggest enemy. If we don't put a foot on our nafs, if we don't put a foot on our nafs, it's going to go haywire. Right? It's going to completely go crazy. That's what happens even in Ramadan, we're able to commit sins. Why? Right? Shaitan is locked up. Shaitan is locked up. We don't have to worry about shaitan, but what we have to worry about are nafs. Right? That we have been so engaged uh, in, in uh, committing sins and turning away from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that this has become a regular habit of ours. Right? That if we don't do something wrong, we feel, we feel weird or we feel, we feel out of place. We have become so numb to sinning. Our hearts have become completely hardened and blackened because of that effect of sinning on a regular basis. Right? That, if we, that even if we make istighfar, even if we seek Allah's forgiveness, even if we seek the repentance of Allah, we still don't feel it. Right? We still don't feel it. So that's the thing that he's trying to teach us here. That look, make sure that you put a foot on your nafs. All these things that he's mentioning here, this has to do with your nafs, with your carnal desires. You want to gain closest to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Put a foot on your desires. Put a foot on your nafs. So your nafs that you control it, it doesn't control you. Right? What does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Have you not seen that person who has taken his, taken his desires as his Lord? Right? How does, that, how does one explain that? Are you give a try, Nabil? Anybody? It's, it's, it's a class. If you guys want to try to explain it, yeah. He's controlled by his desires. Like, let's say he might even want to become like a Muslim, pray all mm-hmm. the time, but the desire to be lazy or whatnot is like keeping him away. Exactly. Yes, very good answer. Right? Your nafs has completely t- t- taken over you. You literally, whatever your wants, nafs, uh, your nafs wants, you give it. Right? You give, you're giving your nafs whatever it wants. Right? You want to do this wrong? Go ahead. Right, you want to do this wrong? Go ahead. And the thing about the nafs is, it never gets satiated. It never gets full. You know how he's talking about the stomach and how it gets super full? Our nafs is not like that. Our nafs is not our stomach. Right? Our nafs never ever gets full. It just wants more and more and more. And this is how majority of the problems in today's society are happening. Because the lack of putting a foot on your nafs. 
Right? All the stuff that's going on outside, right? we can see it in, to, in, in today's society. Right? I'll use one example, right? this, uh, uh, this LGBTQ movement. Right? I'm, not, I'm not saying anything against those people. Right? Of course, you know, we ask a lot to guide those people. Right? We, we never say anything, even if somebody's doing something wrong, we don't say anything towards that person, we say it towards the action they're doing. And what is that? Where did this all come from? People say, oh, you know, people were born like this. That's not the case. Right? This is a spiritual disease that people don't understand. Right? People are trying to make excuses to continue on with that, with that spiritual disease. Oh, you're born with it. You're like this. You're like that. It's okay. It's not okay. There's something wrong with us inside here, with our connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Right? Once, that, once we understand that, then we're going to be able to change. Then we're going to be able to, uh, to get close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Without recognizing the problem in ourselves, how are we going to be able to make that change? We're not going to be able to, right? So that's how it happens. Yeah, you start off from liking women, and then after that, too much of that, and then it goes from men, and then this and that. And you, we, we know what's going on. I don't have to mention it. Right? We know what's going on today, right? SubhanAllah, even people nowadays are trying to even justify pedophilia. Like, I was born that way. Like, what? How are you going to justify something like that? Right? How is that? This is what happens, right? When our nafs has a disease, when our, spirit, our spiritual sense has a disease. Right? We just want to make excuses for it. Once we stop making excuses for ourselves and understand that, look, I have an issue and I'm not going to be able to gain closeness to Allah without removing this issue, then we're going to be able to change ourselves. Right? Inshallah. How did we get here? Uh, okay. Alright, so Khayr. Uh, oh yeah, helping out the, the army of the, sh- of, of the shayateen. Okay. وَالشِّبَعُ مِنَ الْحَلَالِ مَبْدَأُ كُلِّ شَرٍ فَكَيْفَ مِنَ الْحَرَامِ so he says here, so if satiety from the lawful is the source of every vice, right? Then what, the, uh, what then of, the, uh, of filling yourself from, with the unlawful, right? If filling yourself with the lawful, right? Here, the Imam Ghazali is mentioning something very beautiful. If he's saying that if you fill yourself with halal food to your max, and then you're going to do all these things. So imagine what's going to happen if you fill yourself with all the haram food. Right? Imagine what's going to happen. What's going to happen to your connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? If you're already filling yourself with halal food, and you're feeling, you're feeling these negative effects by you know, feeling lazy, helping out uh, uh, shaitan's army, all these other types of things, right? are becoming stronger, right? If all these things are happening with eating halal, imagine if you're filling yourself with haram food. What's going to be the negative effect of that? How far are you going to be removed from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala at that point? Right? We, a lot of times we're like, you know, I get this question a lot. They're like, you know, we don't feel any difference in it. When we pray salah, we don't feel anything. When we fast, we don't feel anything. Right? When we make dhikr, we don't feel anything. How come? It's because the food that we're eating. Right? The food that we're eating is removing us further from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If the source of every single thing, right, which is our what? Our nutrition. Right? The blood that runs and flows through our body, if that is haram, because we know, right? Because when somebody eats some food, that, that, that energy in that blood flow from that food lasts for how long? For 40 days, right? Now, if that blood is haram, is flowing through your body, how do you expect to gain the connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? You're not going to be able to, 
Right? And then you're not going to feel any sweetness in your salah. You're not going to feel any sweetness in your ibadah. You're not going to feel any sweetness in anything, in your dhikr, in your tilawah of Qur'an. You're going to pray, you're going to be like, oh man, if you pray for God to Dhuhr, that's it, I can't pray the sunnahs, I can't do this, I can't do that. Then that's when we realize, did I eat something haram? Did I do something that I, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is turning, away, turning me away from Him? Right? So this is something that we need to monitor on a regular basis, right? And we should all try. Alhamdulillah, uh, a few years ago, uh, some of the students from here, uh, they had the courage to do it. I, was, I couldn't do it. Right? Uh, Fadlullah, and then uh, I think Fayaz too, uh, some of the students from here, they started for 40 days. Uh, what they would do is, they went, what was that? You guys would go to the Amish farm, right? The, uh, and then they would cut chickens for themselves. Bismillah, Allah, hand slaughtered chickens. And they would eat the chicken that they would only slaughter themselves. Up for 40 days. And you can ask him what kind of spiritual effect, effect he felt. I didn't do it, so I, you know, that's a bit too much for me. But, and I'm not saying do all that, right? But I'm saying try your best, right? Try your best. You have people available to ask, like, where can I go to seek halal food? Where can I go to seek hand-slaughtered food? Right? Because we talked about the method last time, right? Of what's wrong with the machine-slaughtered method. Who remembers what I talked about last time? That's part of it. Yeah, some people put audio recordings, right? Some people, they try to play the system. But the biggest, biggest thing, let's say forget all audio recordings, forget all electrocution methods. Let's say if you just have basic machine slaughter chicken, right? So now the ruling is, is that if uh, the, the action of the slaughterman has to be done on every single animal, on every single chicken. Now if he says, Bismillah, Allahu Akbar, right? And he turns on the machine, which, which chicken is going to be halal? Just the first one. Is the second one going to be halal? No. Third one? No. no none of them. Only the first. And, and when you go to a restaurant, right, that's machine slaughter, which, what chance is it going to be that you're going to get that first chicken? You're not going to. The chance is very, very minimal. Right? So these things, and then we already talked about the, the, neg- the negative effects of eating haram food. So now we know that machine slaughter wouldn't be permissible. At the same time, what happens if we choose to ignore the commandments of Allah and choose to ignore the teachings of the Prophet but we go ahead anyway, right? This is what happens. So be very, very careful. He's saying here again, he said, if this is what happens to a person who eats uh, to their full with halal, imagine what happens to a person who eats to their full with haram. Right? You're not going to have any inclination to do ibadah. You're not going to have any inclination to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Your purpose in life will, will change. And you're, 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 you yourself will change, but you won't know it because you don't want to admit or you don't want to accept the problem. Right? So these are things to keep in mind, inshallah. Are there any questions before we move along? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so remember I said the action has to be... So now let's say, maybe if they were to come up with such a method, where let's say, they say, Bismillah, Allah Akbar, turn on the machine, the first chicken's cut, turn off the machine again, again, Bismillah, but who's going to do all that? Right? Maybe if we were to come up with some type of machine, then that would be fine. Right? But nobody's going to do that. They're just going to say, Bismillah, Allah Akbar, turn on the machine, that's it. Right? That's why they say, like a lot of times you guys will go someplace and say mechanical slaughter. That's what it means. Right? They just mechanically slaughtered the rest of the chickens. Right? The, first a- the action was done on the first chicken, but the rest of them, the action was not done upon. Yeah. So the act of the machine slaughtering is fine if the person says, Bismillah, Allah, for each animal. Yeah. 
Yeah, that that is fine. But also there is there if the the proper veins are cut as well. Mu'an Fadlullah can add more on. Does it matter for yeah, chickens how the yeah. yeah it makes it makru if the proper veins are not cut or of cut the entire head off. Yeah. So that's there as well. If you cut the if the slaughterman cuts the whole head of the chicken off, that becomes makru, right? It becomes you can still eat it but it's it's disliked. Right? Now you have to make sure the proper veins are cut too, right? The jugular veins and everything. Okay, Muslim. Seeking out the lawful is obligatory upon every single Muslim, as we discussed before. Sorry, my bad. Uh, <laughs> it's all good. Alright, so he's saying here. Seeking out the lawful is obligatory upon every Muslim. Engaging in worship and seeking knowledge with unlawful nourishment is like building uh, on a garbage heap. Right? It's like building a structure on a garbage heap. Right? There's no point. It's gonna be. It's gonna fall off eventually. It's gonna be very lopsided. Right? So that's what he's saying. That if you want to seek knowledge, right, or if you want to worship Allah Subhanahu wa Taala on unlawful nourishment with something which is haram, then there's there's literally no point because now, like I said. The, the effect is already in your body from the haram food And your ibadah is not going to have any effect So now we understand the severity Of eating anything haram and unlawful So let's try our best to Stay away from that right? Ignorance of law is no excuse right? But I'm, I'm answering your question right? That was the call So we try our best right? and now, So now, now the question comes in That how far do we go To question another Muslim's honor Right? How far do we go? Let's say if a person is known, well known to be a very, very good person, very pious person, and he has hand-slaughtered chicken, right? Then for us, alright. For him saying, I have hand-slaughtered chicken, that's good enough. Now, right? There's some people in this room, I'm not going to mention who, right? <laughs> right? But you might know them very well. <laughs> okay, right? So, there's, there's some people out there who t- go too far. Like they go too far to question another Muslim's honor. Right? They're just like, oh, where do you get your chicken from? I have to go check the fridge myself. I have to call the company to make sure they actually sent these boxes that they're real from them. Right? That's just crossing the line. Now you are harming another honor of a Muslim. Right? If the brother is telling you, look, I have hand slaughtered meat. Here's the boxes. You are familiarized with the company. Bismillah. Go for it. Right? But like I said, you have to be very, but there's a lot of liars out there nowadays. It's very, very hard to trust anyone, right? So the most you go, you ask about the alaikum, right? You have hand slaughtered chicken. Where do you get your meat from? If he says, if you recognize the company, all right. Because the thing is, they have to tell you. They have to. It's like they cannot like not tell you, right? It's kind of messed up. And then then they're hiding something for sure. If they're not hiding anything, then okay, Bismillah, right? You had a question? No. Oh, okay. Right. So make sure that when you call. Don't bother them. Be very, very nice as Islam teaches us. Right? When you greet them very nice, Assalamu alaikum, how are you? You know, hope you're doing well. Do you have halal food, by the way? Right? <laughs> <laughs> kind of ease into it. Then after that, inshallah, you'll find your, you'll find your answer. Did that answer your question? Yes. Alright, alhamdulillah. So, 
he says here, فَإِذَا قَنِعْتَ فِي السَّنَةِ بِقَمِيسٍ خَشِنٍ فَوَفِي الْيَوْمِ بِرَغِيفَيْنِ مِنَ الْخُشْكَارِ وَتَرَكْتَ التَّلَذُّذَ بِأَطَائِبِ الْأُدُمْ لَنْ يُعْوِزْكَ مِنَ الْحَلَالِ مَا يَكْفِيكَ فَالْحَلَالُ كَثِيرٌ He says, if you are content with only one rough shirt for the whole year, like one torn up, one terrible shirt for the whole year, and just two coarse loaves of flat bread a day, while giving up the pleasure of enjoying the best condiments and seasonings, then you will not be short of what is lawful. Right? It is an amount that will suffice you since what is lawful is plentiful. Who can explain that? Should I read it one more time? Okay, inshallah. Alright, I want one of you guys to explain it because, you know, it has to be engaging. Uh, if you are content with only one rough shirt for the whole year, and just two coarse loaves of flat bread a day, while giving up the pleasure of enjoying the best condiments and seasonings, right? Unfortunately for white people, no seasonings. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Right? Uh, uh, seasoning. Then you will not be short of what is lawful in an amount that will suffice you. Since what is lawful is plentiful. Who can explain this? If, if you just filled up with two, with a small quantity of food, that's good enough. You don't mm. have to go and make a big meal because that would be lawful. Even if you're filled up with a little, little bit of food. Mm. Very good, mashallah. So that's what he's saying here. So look, yeah, what's up? I was going to add? Like, uh, 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 wait, I heard it's like, Toronto. if you're content with just the smallest desires in the world, like you'll be able to find a lot full of provisions for yourself. Yes, alhamdulillah. That is, that, that's basically off the same way. Yeah, you had another, you had another point? Maybe to like leave out the doubts because you'll have to like avoid some seasonings like Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. The best account. No, but he's saying like, you know, you don't need all that. You don't need the best seasonings and condiments. You got another one? No. Sure. Oh, okay, alright, so, yeah. I think it's literally, a little, kind of literally too, but it's also like, you don't have to eat meat every day. Yeah, so what he's saying, so fight, even if you have a little bit, Alhamdulillah, be happy. Right, where's that, it, okay, for those people who came on the retreat, what's the hadith, the second point I mentioned in that hadith? There's five points. Be content. Be, be content with Allah, what Allah has given you, what happens? You'll be the richest person. Be happy with Allah has given you. Right? Be content. You may not have you know, the craziest seasonings or this and that, but alhamdulillah, you have some food, be thankful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Right? Because that is enough for you right? and enough for your family. Right? This is what a mu'min should be like. Right? And how a shan of a mu'min should be, that he thanks Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala at any moment, any, any given time. At any given moment. It's like, you know, we don't thank Allah enough. Allah is telling you that, look, لَإِن شَكَرْتُمْ That if you thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, لَأَزِيدَنَّكُمْ That assuredly, definitely, this here in this verb, لَأَزِيدَنَّكُمْ You have the lam at the beginning and the noon tashdeed at the end. They're used for emphasis. They're used for emphasis. So, لَأَزِيدَنَّكُمْ That assuredly, definitely, we're going to increase you in your bounty. Right? So if Allah is telling you, the Lord, just thank, just thank me and I'll give you more, of course, this is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So immediately we should be thanking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on a regular basis. Right? Even if we have two, two flatbreads and stuff like that, but it suffices us, so we say alhamdulillah, and that's it, we move, all, we move along. Inshallah, Allah will increase us. Right? Allah, is not gonna, uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not going to let us go hungry. Right? And this matters about how much conviction we have in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Right? And he says here, uh, yeah. وَلَيْسَ عَلَيْكَ أَنْ تَتَيَقَّنَ بَاطِنَ الْأُمُورِ بَلْ عَلَيْكَ أَنْ تَحْتَرِزَ مِمَّا تَعْلَمُ أَنَّهُ حَرَامٌ أَوْ تَظُنُّ أَنَّهُ حَرَامٌ 
حرام ظنا مع ما حصل من علامة ناجزة لعلة مقرونة بالمال It is not your responsibility to attain certainty about obscure matters with regard to lawfulness. But you are obliged to guard against what you know to be unlawful or what you, are, what you reasonably suspect to be based on a clear indication that is associated to the wealth. What? Don't look at me guys, I'm looking at you. <laughs> How do you explain that? He says that it is not your responsibility to attain certainty about obscure matters with regard to lawfulness. But you are obliged to guard against you... No, uh, uh, my bad. Uh, what's it called? Since... Uh, yeah, where did I go? Yes. Since... Uh, man, I just lost my spot. But you are obliged to guard against what you know to be unlawful and what you reasonably suspect to be based on a clear indication that is associated to the wealth. Mm. What, what, what is the wealth part though? Like how you get your provisions your job Yes, very good, mashallah How you get your provisions, how you get your wealth Right, so when it comes to Something which is clearly unlawful Right, it's clearly unlawful Right, what's it called? Or what you reasonably suspect to be Based on a clear indication that is associated to the wealth Right, mean that if we know for a fact Or a lot of times some jobs are so like You know, they're so crazy like you know the description is so weird that outwardly it won't tell you it's a haram job. Right? A lot of times the question comes in is that you know if somebody's working in an IT position at like a bank or something, right? At like a bank or some or something else, right? Then for that person, right? Like let's say if he's working in the IT department, uh, I don't know, help desk, right? Help desk. So I'm not going to explain this, right? I'm going to have our, our Sheikh Fadl explain it. So what happens? Like a lot of times, let's say if you, uh, he'll tell you on a, on a better thing. For like, let's say if you're working for like help desk or something like that for IT, right? Yeah. Let's say like, let's say like a mortgage company or something, right? So what would, what would happen like for that? Are you? Because people say well, I'm not directly involved with the interest or anything, right? So is that true? Yeah. Uh, 
So, so you guys understand how he's saying here that look, even if you're not directly, let's say, directly involved with the loan itself, but let's say it's your job as a help desk guy to open up the PDF for the person who's not able to open it up, right? It's just like, okay, you know what, can you open up this PDF? Or you got a ticket that's like, okay, I can't open this PDF from my loan, right? Or from underwriting papers. So, you know, it's your job to go in and do that. So, right, that will be, in that case, directly related to, right? You had a question? I don't want to quote a hadith or anything, but like I, I read something that said uh, like the person who takes the loan is in, in wrong, the person who gives the loan is in wrong, and the person who helps write the loan up, they're also in wrong. Like uh, yeah. But that's that's the hadith that he was just talking yeah. about, right? That's the, that's the hadith he was talking about, right? So any single thing, right? Even if it's in the IT side or whatever, right? If it's directly related to that process, then that will be unlawful, right? And that's the thing what he's saying here that you know outwardly it looks like you know alhamdulillah we're all good, but we have to really really be you know if you can find something like that to where like you know what if my job is involved with like you know with the, with this like interest and all those types of things we need to we try our best to stay away from that, right? That's what he's saying. Yeah, you had a question? So, um, like every company nowadays have, like, takes a loan um, in some way or another. Like, what is the, the view on like, working for a company that like, you know is like, taking a, a large sum or even a small sum, but like, is dealing with that? Um, are, so what do you mean by, you mean like, let's just say I have a desperate, let's say I have a tech startup, right? Yeah. And I take a loan for like, So he, so he actually answers this question right here. The, the next few lines he answered. So he says, As for what is known to be unlawful, it is clear and plain. Right? It's clear, we already know. And that which is suspected to be unlawful, for some reason, for some reason includes the wealth of a ruler. Right? وَمَالُ مَنْ لَا كَسْبَ لَهُ إِلَّا مِنَ النِّيَاحَةِ أَوْ بَيْعِ الْخَمْرِ أَوْ الْرِبَى أَوْ الْمَزَامِيرِ حَتَّى عَلِمْتَ أَنَّ أَكْثَرَ مَالِهِ حَرَامٌ قَطَعًا فَمَا تَأْخُذُهُ مِنْ يَدِهِ وَإِنْ أَمْكَنَ أَنْ يَكُونَ حَلَالًا نَادِرًا فَهُوَ حَرَامٌ لِأَنَّهُ غَالِبُ عَلَى الظَّنِّ Right? So he says here, and that which is suspected to be unlawful for some reason includes the wealth of a ruler, his government officials, uh, the wealth of one who has no income except from sources such as professional mourning, the sale of alcohol, usurious uh, 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 transaction, which is riba uh, and uh, interest, or the playing of flutes, 
such that you know with certainty that most of his wealth is unlawful. Therefore, whatever wealth you acquire from such people, even if there is a possibility that it might be from an unlawful portion, is still considered unlawful due to the greater likelihood of it being unlawful. Pretty plain and simple, right? And the same question you guys all were asking. Right? Just like, you know, what if like, you know, this company or that company. He said, look, even if it's somewhat, and you know, غالباً, you know that for, uh, your, your mind, you have not co- complete certainty, but you kind of know, then look, it will be, that money that you will get from that will be unlawful. Right? So this is what he's saying. All these things, what, he, what is he saying it for? Right? It's not, he's not just saying it right, for us to be like, okay, you know, he's saying, look, this is a common practice. This is common amongst all of us. You know, some of our parents, some of our, you know, people we have, they work in these kind of companies which we don't understand, right? The severity of like, you know, it's connected to like, you know, something haram, right? It's connected to this, it's connected to that, and we don't even know. So he's trying to open up our eyes that look, this is, this is more common than you think. Right? This is more common than you think that your wealth, that the, the wealth that you're acquiring is from a haram source, right? So make sure you analyze that because that haram source, the haram wealth that you get, right? It's not going to benefit you in any way. It's going to be haram, it's connected to riba. It's connected to anything else. It can be connected to literally anything else, right? So be careful. Yeah. I was hearing the this is from someone else. Uh, you were citing that the Prophet would make business transactions with some Yahudis who were involved with riba and stuff like that. Sorry. Like the Prophet was also the Prophet Sallallahu was also involved in uh, doing business with people who were known to do. Can you bring that hadith to me and inshallah we'll oh, okay. yeah just look for it inshallah and then after we'll, we'll, we'll go over it next week inshallah. Yeah. Okay, so going back to the question, uh, so so we've kind of established that if you have uh, this, this sense that okay, uh, the like the head has taken, like the head of a company has taken yeah. this loan and that. Um, like that head is paying you, um, you have like a good idea that your money is coming from an unlawful source, right? So, with that in mind, um, like my original question was that, like in the U.S., like every single company yeah. deals with that, right? Yeah, like I mean, every yeah. Even even our, our, our even our banks they borrow money from. What's yeah. it called? Like central banks, right? That's what they're called. Central banks, which obviously give it give us a U.S. dollar based on a certain amount of interest, right? So knowing that, like every single company deals somewhat in like yeah. what do you do? You still try your best to avoid it, right? You you got to do whatever it takes to make sure, like you find, that's why that's why the reward is so great for a person who's seeking out halal sustenance because right, it's so hard, especially living in the United States where everything literally runs off interest, literally everything. Right, but as as Mulana uh, Fadlullah was mentioning earlier, he said, "Look, that let's say the guy he starts up an IT tech company, right? He takes out a loan. He's not paying you from that loan, right? Or, 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 or not 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 paying from the no. What do you mean by like, let's say you do work? That work that you do it generates income. Yeah. But like, if the overhead is, is co- and like if the initial costs are coming from like if it's a startup and they need some money to get it started, yeah. that that loan is being used to pay." The workers initially, yeah. and you know that, and like, what is the like, yeah. again? That that comes down to like you know that, right? You know for a fact that you're getting paid by like a loan, so you shouldn't take that. However, normally people don't know that. Like, if you're joining a startup company, you don't know where that money is coming from. Normally, like, 
but you're saying that you know for a fact that they're getting your money, you're paying getting paid by like by the loan, right? So that's a different factor. But generally, like if you're gonna get hired at a job, it doesn't matter if it's a startup, if it's like, like the old one, you're not gonna know. Are you getting paid by like the loan that you took out? So for that reason, why you should be like uh, if you're going for IT tech, right? Like a tech startup, right? You don't know where you're gonna be getting money from. And most probably these startup companies, obviously they take fat loans in the beginning, but at the end of the day, they, they pay them off pretty quick because of how much they like, uh, how much they bring back in. So you don't know exactly where that money's coming from. But if you know for a fact that's coming from like a loan, then you shouldn't be like taking that money. I also like that, like a lot of times the startups, they sell equity to make money. Like, selling equity is not wrong, right? Mm -hmm. Selling part of my, like I sell 20% of my company for a million dollars. That money's straight home. Right. Yeah. So it's not yeah. only one source of income for these type of companies. Yeah. There's multiple sources. Yeah. So all these, all these financial questions, inshallah, they're very, very good questions. So we'll have, inshallah, one day we'll have Mufti Yusuf coming because he has his like, PhD in Islamic finance. Right? So inshallah, we'll come, have him come in and ask all these questions. You guys can just go crazy on uh, whatever questions you have, inshallah. Right? My, 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 my main, uh, what's it called, field of expertise is marriage and divorce. So, if anybody has a problem, inshallah, ask that. Khair, inshallah. Get us all married. Bismillah, inshallah. For anybody who's listening to this podcast, <laughs> we have an eligible bachelor named Nabil. Khair, <laughs> inshallah. Let's, uh, it's been an hour yet? 45 minutes. 45 minutes? Let's continue, inshallah. Well, we'll just end off this thing right here. Okay. So, khair, inshallah. Uh... So he said, لِأَنَّهُ الْغَالِبُ عَلَى الضَّنِ Because now your غَالِبْ ضَنِ is telling you that, look, this, this company might be getting it from haram source, or like, I'm pretty sure, then it's better for you to stay away from that company. Right? So he says here, وَمِنَ الْحَرَامِ الْمَحْضِ And he says, and, uh, another completely unlawful source of wealth, it says, ما يؤكل من الأوقاف من غير شرط الواقف فمن لم يشتغل بالتفقه فما يأخذه من المدارس حرام ومن ارتكب معصية ترد بها الشهادة فما يأخذه باسم الصوفية من وقف أو غيره حرام Another um, completely unlawful source of wealth which is that which is taken from religious endowments without being in accordance to its stipulations. So any wealth that, uh, taken from a law school, for example, uh, by one not training to become a jurist is completely unlawful. Right? Well, and likewise, wealth taken in the name of, Su uh, of Sufism, right? I'm going to explain it. Alright, let let's just get this question out of the way because everybody gets thrown off of this, of this question. What is Sufism? Right, what is what is tasawwuf? Everybody hates this word, right? But what is it in reality, right? The word Sufism, tasawwuf, it literally means to correct your inner self, to correct your inner self. Tazkiyah and tasawwuf, right? The word tazkiyah and tasawwuf literally it means it's the it's like the field of correcting your inner relationship with Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, right? We have our external, of course, we have our external relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We, we do our external ibadat, we do our external worship, right? But what about inner? What about our inner ibadat? What about our inner dhikr, our inner uh, connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Right? That's also very, very important. Right? So any of these things, that's what he's mentioning here. I just wanted to get that out of the way in case anybody got thrown off by the term about tasawwuf or sufi or any of these, any of these types of things. Right? It's just a, it's just a concept or a, a word that we don't know about. Right? We don't know about. Right? People just hear like, oh, 
it's haram. Like, no, it's not haram. Right? It's just the field of and the science of working on your relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's what is, de- is defined as. Now he says, if someone sells, uh, uh, someone's uh, wealth taken in the name of Sufism from, from an endowment or other charity established to support Sufis, by one, uh, by one who has committed a crime se- uh, severe enough for his testimony before a court to be rendered uh, 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 illegitimate is also unlawful. وقد ذكرنا مداخل الشبهات والحلال والحرام في كتاب مفرد من كتب إحياء علوم الدين فعليك بطلبه فإن معرفة الحلال وطلبه فريضة على كل مسلم كالصلوات الخمس. We have mentioned sources of doubtful, lawful, and unlawful income in one of the chapters of revival of the religious sciences. Right? This is so. This book is based off Imam uh, Imam Ghazali's bigger book, which is إحياء علوم الدين. Right? Everybody, it's a very famous book, right? It's literally called Re- Revival of the Religious Sciences, which you should consult. For indeed, no knowledge of lawful sources of income and seeking them out is obligatory on every Muslim, just as praying five times prayers. And now, وَأَمَّا الْفَرْجِ As for the private part. Should we stop? This is the sins of the private part. You guys want, we can stop here. You guys want, we can continue on, inshallah, next week. Good for today, inshallah. Good. I'm not tired.